Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to G Cobb in the house. I'm Micah Warren. Uh, having a little fun with the engineer here with a little IM noises going on here. Uh, so how's everybody doing? we got a lot to talk about this week. I'll be joined by Ron Glover shortly. Um, obviously, we'll be talking some Eagles football. The um, Eagles game this week didn't, uh, didn't go so hot. I was uh, watching the game last night. Eagles played the Steelers. If you didn't happen to see it, it was, it was a nationally televised game, I believe. And, uh, boy, that was <laughs> – I had people from all over texting me, a dream team, huh, a dream team. I'm like, I never said it was a dream team. I still am actually – I like this Eagles team. I don't love it. I'm not getting – they have some very good players, but this team has holes, and we're going to talk about all that tonight. Uh, another thing I wanted to get to real quick, I don't know if people saw this. Uh, Jonathan Baldwin, the, um, the rookie wide receiver, first-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, when he, was, when he was getting drafted, I know a lot of people had some red flags about him, you know, his attitude and stuff, and supposedly everything is coming true with this guy. They said he's a total dog, no work ethic. And today, was it today? I think it's today what happened. Um, if not, it happened, you know, late, late yesterday, and then it's just now getting out. That Jonathan Baldwin, this rookie wide receiver, got into a fist fight with Thomas Jones in the locker room. And not that, that doesn't make him a good enough guy. He busted his hand, and he broke his wrist. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. I mean, what... What's wrong with you? Like, does any, I don't know anyone out there, if you want to give me a shout, give me a shout, 888-346-9144. You see a story like this, and we know what we've heard about this, this Baldwin kid, and you think, any chance this is Thomas Jones' fault? Does anyone think that might be his fault? No. <laughs> me neither. So, yeah, I just don't know. They said, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do this, he doesn't want to do that. And just in case you haven't had your fantasy draft yet, maybe you were thinking, you know, a sleeper, because we all like to pick some of the rookie receivers late, you know, our rookie running backs. For me last year, it was Des Bryant. I was grabbing him in the eighth round all day. But not just that this kid has a broken wrist and that he doesn't work hard and doesn't seem to care. What's worse is everyone says he can't get off press coverage. So they said basically he can run a slant and a go, and that's it. Which anyone that knows anything about football knows. You can't play in the NFL like that. You got a bad attitude to boot. Wow. So yeah, Jonathan Baldwin is not having a great week. I'm sure the Chiefs are absolutely thrilled with him. And uh, yeah, I just I would avoid him 
like the plague in a fantasy draft, even if he drops to them, if he drops to the very last round. But, you know, it's funny because I'm hearing Matt Castle's not doing so hot either. He's been having an up-and-down camp. Um, and before I get to the Eagles, other NFL news, the Patriots are working out Clinton Portis. I don't know... I don't know who that speaks worse for, because the Patriots typically carry, you know, 12 running backs, all of mediocre talent at best, uh, at least since the Corey Dillon days anyway. Um, Clinton Portis, he is, he turns 30 in two weeks, and he had 227 yards last year on 54 carries. The guy breaks down, he can't run anymore. I mean, if you're the Patriots, aren't you just, aren't you just adding more slop? Aren't you just adding more... Uh, guys that are just guys? I don't know. I, I don't get it, but you know what? The Patriots seem to win, although they haven't won in quite some time. Uh, they do seem to end up winning. Everyone, no matter what the Patriots do, everyone's like, oh, what a smart move. You know, if, uh, if the Lions went and got Albert Hainsworth, everyone's like, oh, what are they doing? That's so stupid. Patriots would like, oh, oh, my God, Albert, he's so smart. He fits perfectly. Chad Johnson, it's brilliant. So, uh, so, yeah, it looks like they were working him out on Friday. Uh, so, as far as this Eagles game, uh, the final score was 24-14, but as we know in preseason games, final score doesn't mean anything because you could have guys that are never even going to make the NFL deciding these games at the end of the year. Um, and that's, that's sort of what happened. Um, with Gerald Jones <laughs> scored twice for the Eagles. Who? Exactly. So, Gerald Jones... <laughs> We made two nice plays to score, don't get me wrong, but I don't, I don't see there being a place for him on this roster, which, by the way, I want to make another observation, and this doesn't really mean much. I had this on gcob.com today. Has anyone else noticed, certainly some of the older people, that uh, it used to be years ago, like let's say the early 90s, if you were a wide receiver wearing like 13 or 15 in the preseason, you were probably a camp body that was not going to make the team. So I was noticing last night is now it looks like if you're a wide receiver wearing in the 80s, there's a good chance you might not make the team. It used to be those were the spillovers from the guys that, that couldn't wear in the 80s because they, uh, they ran out of room. But, yeah, notice two Eagles receivers are Rod Harper were 83 and Gerald Jones were 89. That means nothing to anyone, but I wanted to add that. So the bottom line is the Eagles got, oh, man, I mean, throttled. I don't know, just about every conceivable way that you could get the snot kicked out of you. The Eagles did. Michael Vick was nothing short of horrific. And for all the praise he's gotten, uh, look, I'm, I'm prefacing with this. I'm not, I'm not ready to say, oh, this season's in the toilet because they had a bad half of football against uh, you know, the second preseason game. Um, but Vick can't play anywhere near what he showed last night if this team was going to go anywhere. He was so bad, his decision-making was terrible. At one point, he tried to force a ball into double coverage to Chad Hall. Now, if you don't know who Chad Hall is, Chad Hall is about five foot one. This little guy with—he's—he's he's like a nice special teams guy that, like, a, you know, the guy that everybody pulls for to make the team, but really isn't very good. Does the special team stuff, that kind of stuff. So he tried to force a ball into him, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I think that's the one Palomalu picked off. And so he compounds the stupid play by, you know, Palomalo takes off, and here comes somebody in throwing their head into his thighs, totally up, upends him. And you look down, and it's number seven. And I don't usually make a ton of noise during games, uh, especially preseason games. I just don't care about the preseason. And I just remember shouting to the point where my, like, my wife stood up and was like, what's wrong with you? 
And I was like, this is just, just the dumbest play. You're a guy, Michael Vick, who is as, a, as important to his team as any player is to their team in football. You ha- I don't think he's played a 16-game season since 04. I have to look it up. It's been a while, is my point. The guy gets dinged up. He's undersized. You go throwing yourself head first in Troy Palomaro's legs. What's wrong with you? You, you are... What makes this team go? Everyone's talking about all these acquisitions and everything. doesn't mean anything if Vince Young has to spend uh, a prolonged period of time uh, as, as a starting quarterback, which we'll get to that too because I don't know if, uh, if he doesn't pick up this offense a little quicker. Mike Kafka behind him is looking a lot better. But I want to know what it is that Michael Vick doesn't get. What is it he doesn't get? Does he not realize how important he is to the team? I mean, all last year, you know, when he was on that tear, it was like six, seven weeks where he was just throwing darts all over the field. We all saw it. It was, it was phenomenal. Yet he would run around and dive headfirst. So he was asked about it repeatedly. His answer was, you know, I don't slide. That's not my game. First of all, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's not your game. You know, you're tough. We know you're tough, all right? You do nobody any good on the bench in a sling. Uh, that's, not, that's not my game. And then it was, I don't know how to slide. Go call Jimmy Rollins and go over to Citizens Bank Park and he'll show you how to slide. And, and, and for all the things that Michael Vick can do, he can throw a ball 400 yards in the air on a rope and hit somebody in the chest with it while running in an opposite direction, but he doesn't know how to slide on the ground. Children know how to do that. One of the top athletes in the world, he doesn't know how to slide. That's ridiculous. So I was already a little irritated for that from last year because, like I said, I mean... It, this guy's health is everything. This guy's health is everything to this team. And he seems to think it's more important to be this big, rough, tough guy. And I, I don't get it. It's like we already know you're tough. We don't need you to prove anything. And look, I understand. I understand he was frustrated. It was his third pick. And he probably about had enough of that. He was angry. He was frustrated. and wanted to go take it out on somebody. I get that. Man, come on, though. Yeah. You've got to have something in your head that says, now, I understand you can't run around playing and saying, I can't get hurt, I can't get hurt. But that doesn't mean you have to take additional chances that don't need to be taken. That's what you're doing. You don't need to dive head first. You know, those extra three yards you get. All right, that's great. Well, you're out for four weeks now. I mean, we saw that's how he got hurt last year against the Redskins. They crushed him at the goal line trying to squeeze in. And especially, you know what, and especially, too, for a guy that the refs don't treat like other quarterbacks. The referees, and that's clear, I'm not crying about anything, but it's, it's true that he doesn't get the Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady treatment. Uh, I mean, there was a play last year against the Colts. It was Trent Cole came around the end. Had his hand up as he came around behind Peyton Manning, and his left hand pretty much just barely scraped the back of Manning's helmet. It hardly even changes the inertia. 15 yards, that was third down, 15 yards. Vic gets hit late out of bounds, and they don't call it. So it's not just the reckless play. You're not getting help from the refs either. You really need to protect yourself, Vic, and that was one of the dumbest things I saw last night. And a buddy of, me, a buddy of mine sent me a text. He said, even, he was like, what was he doing? So then he said, the sadder part was that was the best play by the Eagles defense all, all night. And I thought about it, I was like, that's so true. This 
you know, look, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, this defense is, is still a work in progress. They got a ton of new people. And that's a different topic we'll get into. They got all new people, a whole new defensive coordinator, but they look horrific. They look terrible. The Steelers were committing penalty after penalty, stupid penalties, drive killing penalties that didn't kill the drives. The, they, the Eagles could not get off the field. It's terrible. Just absolutely awful. And this is a team that, remember, was built to be undersized. And you can't get off the field? How long is that going to last? This team's going to be worn out. This team, if they don't get something, I don't, I don't know that it's Juan Castillo. I'm not, yet, I'm not ready to, to blame him yet. Maybe these guys are still getting used to his system. Maybe it's the new guys getting used. But, I mean, first of all, Casey Matthews in the middle. Are you joking me? This is, this is all, the, all the work and effort you put into the offseason. You got Namdi, you got DRC, you added Colin Jenkins and Ronnie Brown and Vince Young and all these guys. They just completely ignore the linebacker position. So, oh, well, we finally found this kid in the seventh round last year. Way to address that. Luckily, the kid looks like he could play a little bit. Jamar Chaney, finally, middle linebacker. Looks like he could play. Well, we're going to draft Casey Matthews. He's undersized. No, he's not his brother or his dad, but he's undersized. And we're going to put, now we're going to move Chaney around again. We're going to put him on the strong side, have him cover the tight end. And Casey's our new middle linebacker. Never seen him play. Brilliant. That is brilliant because these linebackers last night, there were times I didn't even know if they were on the field. It wasn't just doing a functional job. They made no impact. They didn't even do a functional job. Casey Matthews was just pushed all around the field last night. This cannot be – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if by tomorrow he's, he's out of there. I mean, I, I don't mean cut, but at least move to another role because this guy, he just – why wouldn't you just run up the middle at him every time? It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. Uh, We've got to take a break. We'll get back on the other side. Um, we'll talk more about this Eagles game, but it was, it was not pretty for Eagles fans. We'll be right back here. This is G. Cobb House from VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. 
Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on, it will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's out the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. If you want to get in on the conversation, call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren. Flying solo this evening, so feel free to give me a call, 888-346-9144, talking Eagles, but we can talk about anything NFL-related, because I'm really in the mood for NFL, I'm sorry. It, it's funny, I was thinking um, about talking Phillies tonight and what they're doing. I mean, they, they just took two or three from, from the Diamondbacks, who is pretty much their last uh, their last competition of any, any kind of like decent team until September, which is amazing. And I, I was thinking, I was like, you know what, the Phillies are kind of boring to talk about right now they're so good they're kind of boring to talk about so we'll stick with the eagles uh it, it was a it really was a colossal team meltdown you, you watched the game last night and this little kid Dion lewis a rookie out of pit a uh, little running back very little and he's running all over the field making people miss and you're like oh finally one player's playing tonight finally and he fumbles so it's like all right all right <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. Even, you know, I was so excited to see the, uh, you know, the new corners. They got Namdi and uh, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie, and of course Asante Samuel and his poor attitude is still there. Sure enough, Asante just got absolutely lit. I mean, that, that's what you're getting with Asante. I, you know, you, you pretty much know that. And, and speaking of Eagles secondary, I got my buddy Ray Ellis. Ray Ellis, you on the line there? Yeah, I'm here, Micah. How you doing, man? Ray, thanks for joining me, buddy. How's it going? Well, it's going good, except, uh, you know, I, I hear you say things are boring. You know, that's amazing that the, the Phillies would be boring and they're winning. That's amazing. They're they're killing it that bad. I mean, they're just putting so much, <laughs> they're just mowing people down. And, and it's very exciting. I'm not taking it for granted, but I think I think the feeling in Philly is kind of like, all right, just bring on the playoffs at this point. Don't get hurt, and let's just do, let's just get the playoffs started here. So that, that which... You know you played in Philadelphia. That that was not always the case. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to please uh, the Philadelphia fan, but they are unique in a sense that it's their team, regardless if it's, you know, if it's the Flyers, if it's the Sixers, if, if it's the Eagles, uh, whatever the team may be, they can have their opinion about their teams, but the rest of the world, nah, nada, you know. But, uh, yeah. hey, let, I, you know, speaking of 
the Eagles, I saw part of the game, but but one particular play of which it amazed me as I was on my way out of the door this morning and I was catching a little bit of ESPN. And, uh, of course, uh, Skip was not there this morning, but the debate uh, was about Michael Vick making a tackle. And, yeah. and I mean, come on. I mean, what? You're back there. I'm out here. You know, I'm a former player, but, of course, a fan. Right. Um, I see nothing wrong with it. And, and for me, when I looked at it, I think perhaps maybe some of the people uh, who had an opinion about it, uh, I, I don't think they really understood that, you know, the tackle that Michael made, you know, actually was uh, the best way for him to make a tackle and probably uh, better for him to make the tackle where he did in terms of where he was able to strike um, Palomaro in his body, uh, the least likely for him to get injured. So I really didn't understand it, but I do feel like Mike is in a, a no-win position, whereas regardless of what he does, if he would let the if he'd have whiffed it and let the guy go past, uh, it still would have found some type of debate. Um, I'm just curious to think, what what'd you think about the play? Well, I just spent the last fifteen minutes railing on him for it, and I'm glad. I'm glad you have a different position on it because because I want. Oh, so you didn't like it? You thought it was a wrong thing for him to do? I, I do, and here, but here's why, Ray. Because he has a history. He's not the biggest guy. He has a history of getting dinged up, and he's just too important to this team. I, but but, but I didn't like okay, it. but okay. So if if he's too important to the team, I think Troy Palomaro is just as important to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I come out and hear anybody saying he should have got on the ground. Uh, you can make that, hey, Ray, you can absolutely make that argument. And we don't ever talk about that because we think of, of quarterbacks in terms of sliding. In the preseason, I got no problem with what you just said. If Troy Palomalo decided to slide, especially with his recent history, Palomalo was making that team. I mean, it's not like, oh, boy, you shouldn't have done that, rookie. He's Troy Palomalo. If he wants to slide, I'm with you, Ray. He, well, I, Michael Vick is making that team, too, isn't he? Yeah, so there's no need to go out and make a play like that. No, but you're a football player. And and one thing, no football player can ever take the approach or take the field with the intent of worry about being hurt. You, you can't play football like that, Micah. Agree. Oh, I, I did say that. But I think there, what, what I said, the argument I made was that you can't walk around saying, I can't get hurt, I can't get hurt. But there are little things you can not do, like diving head first with the ball, like trying to make a... He tried to hit Palomalo. He didn't try and wrap him up or anything. Now, I agree with you that... No matter what he does, he'll get criticized for sure. Okay, there's little things you could not do. Like he doesn't. That's, it goes into. If it was that one instance, Ray, maybe I wouldn't be so ticked off. But this whole thing last year with the sliding, I don't slide. I can't slide. Do, do you you agree with it, that he should be sliding when he's running? Well, here's the thing about it. You know, you get what you pay for. That's the kind of reckless abandon of which Michael Vick plays football. And that's the Michael Vick that we signed up for. We didn't, we didn't sign up for a different type of player. And, and yeah, you think about, okay, well, a person's got to be smart. Well, you're smart in the aggression that you bring to the game. That, that's a part of being smart. And, and many times, if you're an aggressive player and you try to be conservative in your attack of a play, you're probably going to hurt yourself. You know, you got a greater chance of hurting yourself trying to compromise the way that you're going to make a tackle. Then if you just go, I mean, before he was a, just a playing quarterback, I'm sure Michael had sometime played some defense, you know, in football too. And, and, and when you're a quarterback, 
you know, sometimes you got to play defense because if there's a fumble or you throw an interception, you got to go out and make a play. So, I mean, I know everybody wants to protect him because he's the quarterback. He's the franchise of, you know, player of the team. He's the face of the team and all those things. But I tell you what, I, I was happy to see him make that play. And, you know, it, I, I think from where he attacked Troy and his body, and again, he went through him. And and that's why, you know, I mean, if you saw Troy, I mean, he took him off his feet. It wasn't a light hit. So, no, you know, well, shout, I, shout out to Mike. Come on, man. Give Mike some depth. I, I, I would, but, but Ray, in watching that game, it was a frustration move. He wouldn't have done that normally. He was, and, and I'm not denying him frustration. He, he played terribly last night. He knew it. Well, it's let's say, okay, let's say this. Let's say he did play terrible, and I agree with that. But just like... I think I heard you say it's preseason. So if it's preseason and we want to take it's just preseason in his approach to the tackle, then why not just take the approach that it's just preseason in his approach to playing terrible? And let's say no, no big deal. No, no, no I'm not, I don't think it's a big deal. I just made the point that he was terrible, but everybody, you know, everybody knows that. He was, the whole team was awful. You can't even single out Vic. The whole team was terrible. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I, like I said, I didn't see all the game, but certainly what I would say is they probably didn't play their best football. But again, you know, anytime you approach the field, I mean, Belichick's team played better this week than they did last week. Of course, Tom Brady played, but still, you anytime they're keeping score, you want to win. It, it has something to do with the mind frame. You know, a lot of people can chalk it up, and players will even say when it's all over and said and done with, well, it really didn't count because it was preseason, but bullshit you want to win every time you step on the field and you want to give it your best every time you step on the field you don't ever go out wanting to play half-ass you go out wanting to give the best that you possibly can because you, you never know when it's going to be your last play you know when it's going to be your last game you know somebody could any kind of decision can be made in terms of uh you know, coaching, making a decision that nobody understands, you know. But but certainly, uh, I don't think we're going to get rid of Michael Vick. I don't think that game. I mean, think about it. Mike doesn't throw interceptions. He, You know, it was preseason. So passes that he threw in that game, he probably wouldn't throw those. You know, one of them was a tip pass, the one that Troy caught, I think. But he probably wouldn't throw the other two. No, you're probably right. And that was one of the things I know. It was... It, from, from the Vic that we learned about last year, it was very un, un Michael Vic like. It reminded me like a 2003, 2004 Vic when he was, you know, very, very unpolished and, you know, would let the interceptions fly. But it was weird because Chad Hall, who is an undrafted kid, uh, it's like third year, I guess, second, third year, very, very small little guy, and he tried to force it into double coverage to Chad Hall. I remember thinking, like, what are you doing? It's just, it wasn't him. It didn't, he wasn't playing the, the way. We know he's capable of playing, and just it was very unvic. Un like I'm hoping it was the, the whole team was not uh, playing the way they're they're going to be playing this year. Well, one thing about I'll say this about veteran ball players as opposed to younger ball players, rookies. I'd say this, you know, and you always hear veteran ball players and and people associated with the game hear about uh, or their their conversations about players in in shorts. They look good in shorts. They look good in practice. But right. when it comes to the game, uh, it's a whole different. There's a whole different approach. Even the preseason is different from practice to a preseason game, then preseason game to a regular season game. And so, some of the things that you might try, 
and some things you might do. One thing about Randall Cunningham, and I, I, I wish there were some Randall Cunningham fans that were listening to the show that can call in that perhaps maybe spent some days uh, in Westchester early in the summers of, of 1985, I remember. The Randall Cunningham that we all came to know, you never saw in practice. And, and that is because the ultimate weapon, his ability to pull it down and go for it, you saw that in practice, but he didn't demonstrate it to his fullest, uh, you know, the extent of his ability. And, and that was because it was practice. And so you never really knew what he could do. And so I remember it was like it was yesterday that Hop and I would be, of course, uh, on the defensive side on 707 going against Randall and, and Mike and Harold and, and people of that nature. And Hop would get so, Hop, of course, being Wes Hopkins, would get so pissed because Randall didn't throw interceptions. So we would have, let's say if we had great coverage, and, and Randall didn't throw the ball. Wes would be mad because he didn't throw the ball. But Randall was just like, you know, I'm not throwing interceptions. You know, I'm going right. to tuck it down and I'm going to run. And so Mike might be throwing these interceptions in preseason. I'm going to stick on the Michael Vick kind of thing. You know, you might think that he's going to throw that interception in the regular season. But in the regular seasons, he's going to pull it down and he's going to pick up the first down. You know what, Ray? That's actually a great point. And I hadn't really thought of it. He, I guarantee you, Andy and Marty said, you don't go anywhere. So I guarantee he sat back there and was like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to try and force it, and that's the way it is. But that would not, you're probably right. That probably would not happen in, in a regular season game, and, uh, and that, that definitely should be noted. But, look, we've got to take a quick break. We're going to come back on the other side. This is G. Cobb in the house of VoiceAmericaSports.com. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
Carpenter joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here at G-Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, joined by Ray Ellis. And, Ray, I know this is a hot-button issue with you, so we, we definitely want to talk about this. Obviously, um, the whole issue with the University of Miami, and, you know, one of my big takes on this is the, the media and the fan reaction of just, oh, how could they? It, Ray, it is so ridiculous. Because you know what? In the next six months, I guarantee another major school has a scandal. And then after that, it's going to be another one and another one. It is not crazy. This is, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But why did, why did the crazy reaction of the University of Miami, that, oh, players took money? No. <laughs> well, well, Michael, first of all, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I, I think that what people should stop and, and before Again, they cast their opinions on other people. Let's just stop and get as much information about the situation as we possibly can. And and right is right and wrong is wrong. If, if somebody has broken a rule, then that's wrong. If they've broken a law, then that's rule. That's wrong as well. But, you know, at least you're supposed to get due process. Okay. So I think people should stop for a second. Let's look at everything. But I think I'm more concerned about people like myself who have been college athletes and 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 we don't step up to come to the defense of the little brothers in the fraternity because I remember before my good friend Dave Dorson passed away God bless his soul um, Dave and I had a conversation and I said to him I said Dave you've got to stop and you've got to think and I said him I probably should have said he, he and myself if the game is as violent as it is today, then we're part of the problem. And, and, and he, you know, he was, the question was why? How can you say we're part of the problem? Because there are people out there, and I'm going to say him more than myself, that tried to emulate the way he played the game of football. I know when I went to The Ohio State University, I tried to play the game the way Jack Tatum played the game. I, I was just hoping and praying that one day somebody would mention my name and Jack Tatum's name in the same sentence. They probably did it once, but wow. that, was okay, that was okay. And my point that I'm making is that those kids and today are just part of what happened years ago. And just as the, the game, the violence of the game came from a game that Jack Tatum built. And if in a former NFL players like myself, if we're going to say we're part of the legacy and we want to be compensated for our legacy, that legacy didn't just start at pro football and it doesn't just remain at pro football. It goes back to college. And so when you've got somebody and I'm not going to name the names because I want to protect all those that are innocent out there. But if you were at a college and a university and you received a gift of something, whatever it was, of monetary value in 75 or in 77 when I was a freshman in college or 81 when I came out, you know, you got to look at it and you got to say it's relative. Let's look at it what it is today, you know, and, 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 and the economy has changed. And so perhaps maybe what would have cost, you know, a fraction of what it costs today 
it's still the same thing. So when you look at something of monetary value, if the guys were getting a car in 1977, that car in 1977 maybe was a $5,000 car or a $10,000 car, that's a fifty or $60,000 car. If it was a Corvette, of which right. people thought I could take the university bought my Corvette, and the fact of the matter is my dad passed away, so I paid for my car with my Social Security compensation. But regardless, if you got a car, if a kid gets a car today, if he gets a Corvette today, it's a $60,000 car. You know, I heard somebody say something about a $30,000 gift. Well, a $30,000 gift today yeah. is a $1,000 gift in 77. You know, and so, it, come on, guys. It, 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 it's, it's been out there for years. You know it was out there. I know some kids that were getting paid when they're in high school. They're certainly getting paid now when they're in high school. So right. you just had to change the system and, and, and make it so that nobody's breaking the rule or breaking the law. But come on, don't throw these kids under the bus. Look, I agree with you. And it's one thing if the school was giving them, you know, salaries. If I, let's say I, I went to Ohio State and you're playing at Ohio State. I decide I want to give you 10 grand. What does anyone care? Isn't it, don't I have the right to give, give you something? Uh, Micah, I'm, I'm going to tell you I agree with you because I'm going to tell you what if, if there was a person that was you know in a position where they could do it, I've heard some per somebody I don't want to say who it is say that I did it because I could. That simply meant they were in a position to do whatever it was that they did. So perhaps maybe that could be something of monetary value, or maybe that could be something just a, a kind gesture. But someone did something because they could. I know. There are fans all over the world that love this game. I've never seen so many people in a state of hysteria about missing something that they never missed. And that's the way the football fans were in this offseason. So those same football fans, I don't care if you're in a 700 level. We don't have 700 at the stadium anymore. But that's you know, right. That shows you're original. There you go. So let's go to the 700 guy and let's go to the guy in the suite. I am telling you, the guy in the suite who would pick up your tab and pay for your dinner, if the guy in the 700 level had the money to do it, he'd do the same damn thing because he's so connected and just has so much passion for that team. And so what's wrong with that if he wants to do that? Well, just take it down to the college level. And if there's somebody in the 700 level or somebody in the suites and they're at, and they're at Morton's, the guy in the 700 level, probably somebody else is picking up his tab, but if he could pick up your tab... You know, for Mike Vick, he'd pick it up because he wants to and take a picture with Mike, and he doesn't want anything from him. He just wants to do that. And that's what's unique about sports and entertainment, which sports is entertainment, is that it's an emotional gratification that people get. It's not they're looking for anything back. They don't want you to give them anything in return. The guy that's in prison, it's only because he's in prison. Now, you know, I, you don't give a person a gift. If there's something attached to it, you know, that's you don't you don't do that. If you're going to give them something, you give it, you know, no strings attached. I'm doing this because I want to do this. And that's normally the way people feel around sports. It's it, it, an entertainment. If somebody saw, you know, Jay-Z out someplace, you don't need to buy Jay-Z a drink. But people want to buy him a drink. They want to just say, man, I bought Jay-Z, had a drink with Jay-Z, man, had a great time. Come on, yeah, Micah. Because when you get rich and famous, everyone wants to give you stuff. <laughs> right, it's the people who can't afford anything who don't get it, and the people who can't afford everybody wants to buy them stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, we got Ron Glover joining us too. Ron, what's happening? He's not, he's not there. 
right, well, we can get to them after the break if we can't get it through. Uh, but, but, Ray, I wanted to ask you, so what's the origin of that rule where boosters can't give you something? What, well, what, do, what, what does anyone care? Well, I'm going to tell you what, the origin of the rule, obviously, whatever it is, it's, it's old and it needs to go away because it's, it's like this. It, there's, th- there's something called value, and, and, and different people understand value to mean different things, and it does. You know, sometimes it's monetary value, sometimes it's, uh, it's emotional value, but for people who are avid sports fans, what they get emotionally, the value of what they get of meeting a player, spending time with a player, uh, being able to do something for a player, not looking for anything in return, is priceless. And to be able to say that that is against the law or against the rule. Listen, when I was sitting in my communications class, the guy next to me who was not a football player, I'm sorry, but the alums of the university weren't willing to take him out to dinner and buy him a dinner. Now, why not? You know, it's because he didn't play football, of which they were so emotionally attached to that football program. Not necessarily Ray Ellis, unless I did something good. But that's what it's about. When people, players come and go, but they, the fans love their team. And you cannot tell a person if they love uh, Temple University or if they love the Philadelphia Eagles or if they love uh, the 76ers that they can't buy uh, one of those players that they support they can't buy him a beer or they can't if they want to buy him a car and donate it to him give it to him who's to say that you can't do that now i know some people say well that's not fair because everybody doesn't get it well everybody doesn't deserve it that fan doesn't want to buy everybody a drink <laughs> or a car you know <laughs> I may be stretching a little bit, Mike. I'm, I may be stretch, but I'm telling you, that's what it's all about. You ask those people to have done it. If that guy wasn't in prison and wasn't part of this Ponzi scam or whatever you call that thing, you know, he didn't have a problem with that. That's the time of his life. If you saw him when he ran out on that football field and they went and got him, where else is he going to get that kind of emotional lift from? I mean, guys who play the game, when we leave the game, Mike, we, we, Michael, we can't replace that feeling that we had on that football field with anything else. There's nothing in the world that can replace that that feeling that you get when you're connected to these, these sports. There's, there's nothing like it. And, and you're an absolute icon. You can, you know, you're, it's like you said, you're everything to them. You're, but by buying you a shot or buying you a beer, it's like it's their way to reach out and touch something that they can't otherwise do. Even even maybe some of these guys, they get to feel like one of the guys, to feel like a part of the team because, hey, I'm buying beers and shots. Michael, or, or giving these guys money, whatever. And I agree with you, Michael. When I, when I left the Philadelphia Eagles, when I retired, one of the businesses that I started, uh, and it was, be- it was because, I was, I'm going to tell you, I was watching the Monday Night Football game one night, and I saw uh, Jim Brown was in the box with Art Modell at a Cleveland Browns game. And I, and I, I just thought about it. I said, you know what? It, 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 there's something special about watching a football game with Jim Brown. Who the hell wouldn't want to watch a football game with Jim Brown as opposed to the average fan that sits next door to you? You know, I mean, he's okay. My fans are, you know, the, the fan, the two fans that sit together, they're enjoying the ball game. But I guarantee you, if that fan sitting in the 700 level told you if you could sit Jim Brown next to him, compared to the guy who's next to him every game, he's like, get that guy the hell out of here and put Jim Brown here. So yeah, I figured a luxury I figured luxury suites, same thing would hold true. And so I, I kind of started a business to do those type of things. And, and, and that's what corporate people are doing. They're saying, hey, 
I've got to entertain my client, but I'd much rather have Mike Quick entertain my client, you know, than than myself, you know. And You're so exactly right. it, it's it's just a great thing, and I I don't want them to see them destroy it because those people they're doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. They're not people who can't afford to do it, and 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 it really doesn't hurt the it doesn't help the performance on the game at all. No, no, you're exactly right. Look, we'll get to more of this because I know you want to talk a little bit more about the University of Miami when we come back. we got to take a break. Uh, we have Ron Glover joining us when we come back, too. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here. Michael Warren, joined by Ron Glover. How's it going, Ron? Not bad, not bad, Marcus. So, you watched that big heap of slop last night, I take it? Yeah, yeah, it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. All right, so now, now Ray Ellis and I got into a debate here earlier, because in the first segment I was railing on Vic. I didn't like that tackle at all. Ray defended it. Ray said he had no problem with it, and that, that's just the way he plays the game. And if you actually look at the hit, it wasn't too bad. I have to go back and look now that he mentioned that because the collision looked pretty violent when I saw it, although I didn't rewind it from the DVR or anything. But I might have to go back and do that now to, to see if uh, Ray can make his point here. Were you all right with that? I'm always fine with that. I mean, you know, he threw the pick, and, hey, he took it upon himself to, you know, to make the tackle. It wasn't the most fundamentally sound tackle. And, you know, of course, he's the last guy you want throwing his body around like that, but um, 
you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, see, take, take the side of the show, the program director, yeah. I see how it is. <sighs> Taking Ray's side, all right. <laughs> I, know, I know he plays like that, but it, it really is the totality of all of it. The, I don't slide, I don't know how to slide. It, he's I know, too he, he, he throws his body around, and he lives recklessly. And that's what we have to accept with, when it comes to Michael Vick. You know, he's going to give us moments where we're holding our collective breath, and, um, you know, you just hope he comes up out of it. Yeah, and with Mike Kafka playing the way he is, maybe I don't, I don't feel as, uh, I shouldn't be as concerned. He actually looked pretty good last night. What else did you see last night that, that concerned you? I'm assuming Casey Matthews' name is going to come up. Yeah, because there was one play where he had a beat on the running back, and it was like the the back just took it into another gear, and that 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 that, that stood out to me. I really didn't have a, I, I really haven't had a problem with the front four. Agreed. I mean they they're getting plenty of push. Yeah, and that's that's really been impressive uh, in the Baltimore game and last night. They they're really getting you know the push, you know, on the quarterback. Um. Santi Samuel, um, I, I would just like to think that he's working out the kinks, and I think that's what it is. You know, just the secondary as a whole. Oh, you know, I think they just work. I'm hoping, and goodness knows I'm hoping that you know this is just a matter of working out the kinks. It, I am too, and again, I, I'm not. You know, I don't think you are either. The type of person that's going to be there. You know, the sky is falling because they had a bad half of football. No, uh, and no I would rather it happen now than in week twelve. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, but the thing with Asante is kind of like you were saying about Vic. That's kind of what you get with him. He's going to get torched like that. That's mm-hmm. his game. He jumps routes better than anyone probably I've ever seen. But when he guesses wrong, <laughs> you get what you had last night, which was. You know, the ball wasn't out of Roethlisberger's hand, and Terry Bradshaw was like, oh, he's got him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Yeah, and sure enough, I think when we get, I think that the thing we have to deal with when it comes to Samuel gambling is that when he was in New England, he earned that reputation because he had help. He always had help over the top. You know, you had Rodney Harrison, mm-hmm. you know, as his security blanket. If he blew it, Harrison was there to either make the pick or, or lay a hit, and he doesn't have that here. So it's pretty much his gamble is pretty much all or nothing. And that just brings you to the next point, though, is those safeties. Ron, those safeties are uh, uh, Nate Allen. Well, I don't know what Nate Allen is doing. He was second round pick last year. He blew his he popped a patella tendon, I think, in his knee. So I'm hoping he's just not trusting that knee. That's very possible. But he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing out there. Do you think this? Go ahead. I I think it's psychological. I think he's, you know, working his way back, and you know, they say you're not really back until you know full calendar year, till you really start to, you know, be yourself again. And and even with that, he's fighting for a job. So he's got a lot on his plate that he's dealing with mentally, and um, you know, you just hope that he just works his way through. Yeah, and I also wonder to what extent is this the guy's not knowing. And I don't know enough about Juan Castillo's scheme yet. I don't know that many of us do. Uh, I don't know to what extent this is them not knowing his scheme. Maybe they're a little lost. 
If that's the case, that's fine because you can learn that. I mean, if it's physical mistakes and they really can't keep up, this is a big, big problem because I agree with you completely on the line. The linebackers are just not doing it for me at all. If the safety stink, then what are the linebackers? Because they're not – I mean, how many – Ron, they were getting blown off the ball, Casey Matthews especially, up the middle on the runs. They weren't – they couldn't identify any of those uh, swing passes coming out of the backfield. No, it was, it was just terrible. And I think when it comes to the defense, the, the front four belonged to uh, the defensive line coach. The front four belong to Washburn. Uh-huh. The back seven, they're all, uh, that's on Castillo. That's on Juan Castillo. And I, yeah, that's just the way I'm looking at it. I, I'm not even saying you're wrong, because I don't know enough, again, about what he's trying to do to, to see if these guys just aren't pulling it off or whatever it is. But these linebackers don't look, Casey Matthews got pushed all over the field. I don't, I don't, there's no scheme in the world that Juan can come up with. For him not to get pushed all over, I'm not not trying to rag on Casey Matthews, but he's put in position. It looks like we got the Peter principle here. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't I mean, know that he can handle being the middle linebacker of an NFL team. I don't think, and that was one of my my sticking points when it came to free agency. I, I needed, I felt as though the Eagles needed a veteran safety, strong or free, and they needed some veteran leadership. From at the linebacker position. The guy I was looking at was uh, Chad Greenway originally, but then you just had guys just, you know, the floodgates, when everything just opened up with free agency, there were guys there. Nick Barnett's there. I don't know if he's been picked up yet. Uh, I believe Kirk Morrison from Jacksonville, he may be available. That's the one I, mean, I want. I want Kirk Morrison. Yeah, yeah there are guys out there, and, you know, you don't want to say the Eagles put their money in the wrong places, but but they've always ignored the, line, the linebacker position, and they've always ignored the fullback position offensively up until a couple of years back. But uh, that linebacker position, they just they don't value it. They, they don't. don't value they it. absolutely they don't do value the safety position. I think they value safety more than linebacker, though. Oh, definitely. I think in the pecking order, linebacker's probably dead last. Yes, agreed. Oh, absolutely, it's dead last, and that's gonna that's gonna come back to haunt them. There was yes. after the front four, and it didn't help that Antonio Dixon wasn't in there. Um, but it just seemed like right after the front four opened up, it was just like miles of green. Yeah. Yep. Yo. So I mean, I mean that's, they were in the second, the third wave of the defense in no time. That's it was all night, right? It was all night, and, and that's that's scary. It's that's very scary. scary, especially for a defense that's undersized. That's how you wear Again. down. Ron, did you see how many penalties the Steelers were taking? And they couldn't kill the drives. They couldn't get off the field. It's terrible. That's bad. But, look, I want to thank you for joining me. we got to wrap it up for this week. I want to thank Ron Glover for joining me. I want to thank Ray Ellis for hopping on. He's always a good time to have on. Now, everybody, stick around because Darnell Autry is coming up next. Definitely check out his show. Uh... I'm Michael Warren. Thanks, Ron Glover. Thank you, Ray Ellis. Enjoy Darnell Archer's show, and I will see you all next week on G-Cobb in the house. Have a great weekend. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G-Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and Michael Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.